The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good downtime Tuesday. Birds fans, appreciate you getting in here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You got your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald, here to shoot the Eagle Breeze with you for the next two hours. Got a couple of good guests coming your way. We'll give you details on that in a sec. Uh, Johnny, it is speculation season. There are no real moves being made. Coaching hires, of course, and the Eagles have done their fair share of those and around the National Football League as well. But the rest is all speculation because there can't be a player movement. Uh, I did see a good speculatory story yesterday on uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'll run by you at one point. Uh, but the speculation I want to start today's show with you comes from a pretty damn well-informed source, a guy who I respect plenty. That would be Peter King. And in his Football Morning in America column, um, he did the exercise of trying to speculate on who the Philadelphia Eagles will be opening the 2024 season against. We know that they are doing it internationally, heading down to Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, We know what day the game is going to take place. We can speculate on what time the game is going to take place and what Broadcast outlet for those who aren't lucky enough, don't have the coin, don't have an up-to-date passport, whatever reason. Won't be heading down to the game live to watch it. You're going to have to know where to watch it on TV. Don't know that either. But most importantly, we don't know yet who the opponent is going to be. 
and when it was announced that the Eagles will be playing in Brazil for the uh, opening game on the Friday before the first Sunday of the uh, league year. We went through the exercise of looking at the teams could be playing. It's supposedly going to be an Eagle home game. So the Eagles, who are scheduled to play nine at home this year, will only play eight and a Brazil game. So we know who the teams are that the Eagles will be playing. We just don't know the dates. And Peter went through it and uh, eliminated certain teams. Doesn't think it's going to be a divisional team. I'm not completely dismissing that. I agree with him for the most part and went through all the other squads. Tampa, uh, excuse me, uh, Jacksonville, they play over in Europe annually. So they're probably not going to send them off for another game. And he went through them all and he came down to the Cleveland Browns, which is one of the, of the nine that they could potentially play. It was surely one of the last few that uh, I eliminated. Um, Jim Schwartz and his tough defense to start the season for the Eagles <clears throat> revamped offense with new offense coordinator Kellen Moore. Um, I know it. Uh, if that happens, it will bum you out because that means you don't get to go back to beautiful downtown uh, Berea, Ohio for preseason action because there's no way they're playing the Browns in preseason and then turn around and playing them first game of the season if that's the way it works out. Eagles-Browns to start the 2024 season. Agree or disagree? Is that a good or bad thing? And is John McMullen excited about that being the potential Eagle opener? Uh, I, I don't think there's any way you can get me excited about the opener because it's in Brazil and it should be at Lincoln Financial Field. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a bad spot uh, to put that game in for the Eagles fans and um, especially the home opener. So I don't know how you save it from that perspective, but uh, for the opponent matchup, yeah. I mean, we went through this a couple of weeks ago or when it first came out that they were going to play in Brazil, whenever that was. And um, Peter sort of went the same route we did to a certain extent. The fact they're not going to have a division game. We know that. So we went there. Uh, a couple teams play in 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 Europe, so they're not going to have them uh, to have two international games. Carolina in that mix, and then it comes down to Green Bay and Pittsburgh. and And Peter said the same thing I did, so I feel better about myself. I, they're not taking those games away from the Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field because they're big time opponents. They're they're high profile opponents. Um, and you don't want to take that to a to a neutral site. So I agree with that perspective. And that leaves Cleveland and Atlanta. And because it is, uh, um, you know, week one, um, you want the higher profile matchup. And I think right now the hope higher profile matchup between those two teams would be Cleveland. They're a better team, although we'll see. Atlanta's got some nice pieces if they can figure out a quarterback and a lot of people speculated Kirk Cousins down there. Maybe that makes them more attractive. But the Jim Schwartz aspect in this particular game, I think, adds a little bit of oomph um, from just a, um, a matchup uh, perspective. So I think it makes the most sense. I think he landed on the most sensible option. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but I think it's the most sensible option for the NFL. And Peter King's got some pretty good contact. So I don't think he was just making this up from whole cloth. He probably uh, put in a couple of calls first, check with a couple of sources. And uh, I'm not saying that he was directly told it's going to be the Cleveland Browns. I 
doubt very much that's the case. But he probably got some people to give him some good uh, information, if only on background. I, I'll cling to the fact that I don't think it's going to be Cleveland, as you just stated um, with the Falcons. Yeah, not a big enough game. Uh, it is the first game ever to be played in Brazil. It's a market that the NFL wants to cultivate and grow. And throwing them Atlanta isn't the way to go if you've got the Eagles as the higher of the two profile teams, and surely they would be. Um, you, you don't want a as big a drop off as Atlanta would be perceived going into the season. You're right. There's still some roster juggling to be done on both teams, all the teams in the National Football League. I don't think that they will necessarily look at the Browns as a high profile enough game. Jim Schwartz is a interesting story to Philadelphia Eagle fans that the Eagles will be going back up against Jim Schwartz, their former defense coordinator, took him to the Super Bowl. Um, the Brazilians, they don't have any idea who Jim Schwartz is and or him being the defense coordinator of one of the teams against the team he was former defense coordinator. That's not a sales job for the Brazilian market at all. And I think just for overall NFL fans, it's not all that big. Here in Philadelphia, it's a big deal. Eagles are going to want to try and stick it to their former defense. Fans are going to want to see them stick it to their defensive coordinator. I don't think it adds much in the NFL's mind as they're choosing the team. And Deshaun Watson as the front and center guy for one of the two teams that they're taking for the first time ever to Brazil – First of all, we don't even know what kind of playing shape he's going to be in because he ended the year injured, and Deshaun's resume is what Deshaun's resume is. I, I'm sticking with the Packers. I think that uh, they've got a young star quarterback who's getting a lot of love this offseason after the way that he finished last Pun intended. Year. Pun intended. Thank you very much for that, John. Exactly right. Um and the Packers and the Eagles are both uh, NFC stalwarts and have been for a long period of time. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with Green Bay. I'm not jumping on the Cleveland bandwagon yet. I, I try and stay away from disagreeing with Peter King because I usually think he's right, and I think he does have very good sources and information. But I still think it's going to be Eagles-Packers. Uh, I'll have to wait and see if it, that's the way that it shakes out. Well, I, I, it, it is. That's the problem. It is a more high-profile game. So Jeffrey Lurie wants it in Philadelphia. There'll be some interesting, um, you know, machinations. One thing you can notice about there, and this is what both Peter and I were talking about, if you notice it, when they went to Europe, it's a bunch of direct games. You felt sorry for them. Uh, it's just exciting to have NFL football. Um, they don't want to put high-profile games away from the in-market situation. So to me, the higher profile it is, the less likely it's going to be moved to that neutral out-of-country site. It's going to be Jacksonville. It's going to be now Jacksonville at the time was a very poor team. And yeah, uh, the, the reason it wasn't high profile, because it was always Jacksonville. Jacksonville wasn't very good. Well, but even the other games, you know, a bunch of, it, it was a joke that when the AFC last, South was last bad. Year was, last year was the Dolphins Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, occasionally it matches up. They had Pittsburgh out there. When, I forget it was Pittsburgh, uh, um, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, they had pretty, I'm not saying they haven't had, high profile games, but it's sort of by accident. One team maybe isn't supposed to be good and then they turn out to be good. Um, 
not on all occasions, and it's gotten there's a much larger sample size. But in early in the process, and that's what I'm talking about, early in the process, when the AFC South was bad, it was a bunch of AFC South drag, and people are still excited, and they're wearing their jerseys. If you go to a European game, there's like jerseys from 32 different teams. It's weird, you know. It's it's not – Jacksonville's kind of become the home team, I guess, because the cons own one of the Premier League teams and – have a pretty big footprint in in London, but um, from from that standpoint, yeah, I, I I I they you know the owners are involved, Jody, and they don't want to give up certain games, and I just think Jeffrey Lurie is going to put his foot down when it comes to Pittsburgh and Green Bay specifically, and that's I feel better about my thought process because I thought that, and then Peter thinks it, so I. I say I'm on to something from that. Fair enough. But um, just from a, I understand Jeffrey Lurie, since the Eagles were the first team that was announced and signed up, um, it's a negotiation with the NFL in general, Roger Dell, whoever you want to put a name on it, his committee that puts these things together. Um, When you agree to go, you've already put one in your chip column of, yeah, you always won. Uh, so they're not going to tag. They're not going to just slam dunk something down their throat. I get that. Um, but what, what what is the upside? What is the downside, I should say, for the Eagles losing out a specific matchup? Um, I mean, they're they, large. They're going to sell, sell more tickets to the Green Bay or Pittsburgh? No. Are they all going to be sellouts? In the, in the large, there's two aspects of it. You know, there's from a, a football standpoint, which it doesn't matter. Yeah, from a football standpoint, it doesn't matter. You play 17 games, you got to play one in a neutral site. You, it doesn't matter which one it is uh, from that standpoint. Um, from a business standpoint, though, I think it matters, and they don't want to screw their fans over to a certain degree. So, you know, if you're asking Don Smolensky, um, you know, which game do you want in Brazil? He's not saying, oh, give him Green Bay. He wants, you know, he wants to make his fans happy. Um, and it's it's a bigger deal when Green Bay shows up or Pittsburgh shows up than Cleveland or Atlanta. Now, Cleveland, again, it's all dependent. When Atlanta showed up for the NFC Championship game, it was a big deal. Um, Jim Schwartz makes it a little bit more. Um, and you prefer, to be honest, to have Carolina. You know, I I, I believe, uh, you know, but Carolina's already playing, I think, in, in a Germany game. I think they're in the Germany game. So they're not going to do that to them twice. Um, so, I mean, there's give and take, but I think it's more from a standpoint of they want to – they're already taking away the home opener from the fans. I don't think they want to double whammy it. At the end of the day, though, to answer your question, does it really matter? No, I say all the time this team has a luxury. They can do whatever the hell they want, and nobody's going away. Right. So you're right from the standpoint of they're, they're going to sell the same amount of tickets and the same amount of jerseys and the same amount of con- concessions. I'm not arguing that point. But at the same time, they don't want to be overbearing about it and say, oh, we're going to take away the home opener and we're going to take away the Green Bay Packers or, or the Pittsburgh Steelers, which are a bigger deal. That's all. And, uh, oh, by the way, I would quibble with you on the home opener. You know when the home opener is? 
Whenever the Eagles play their first game at home, that's the home opener. They they may have their first game in Brazil, and on the scoreboard, they may be designated as the home team. That's not the home opener. The home opener is whenever they play their first game at home. So they're not losing their home opener. They're playing their first game. Well, but they are, though, from your perspective of you're you're saying it in a literal sense. Yes, in a literal sense, they're not. but, But from a standpoint of a fan, you're waiting. You know, you stop playing. They lose in the first round. They're not playing again until September, whatever. Uh, and the schedule comes out, and your home opener is in Brazil, San Paulo, Brazil. But that's your home game. You know it from a fan perspective. You know it should be in Lincoln Financial Field. And maybe if you got, I don't, I don't know how much it it costs to get down to San Paolo. Maybe it's not a big deal for certain people, but for other people, it certainly is. Um, yeah, I think it's a bit. It, it, you and I. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, I think fans care that the fact that the Eagles' home opener will be on the schedule and that it won't be at Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah, I, I look at it kind of like, and I know there's only 17 weeks in the National Football League. I've had to adjust in my lifetime for 12 to 14 to 16 to now 17. So I always have to watch myself when I say 17 regular season games. It's not like baseball, which is 162. When my baseball team doesn't open up on opening day, the first game of the season, their first game happens to be on the road, uh, and they play a series, and then maybe the second series are also on the road, and they don't. Yeah, that that bothers me. I would rather see on baseball's opening day, and baseball, like many other sports, has gotten so diluted. Oh, we got to have a game for TBS. We got to have a game, but they, they they open days in advance and stagger the opening. Used to be great. All teams open up on the same exact day. That's no longer the case. That bothered me. One week, they're going to play. Um, my guess is if uh, Jeff Lurie, that's a uh, consideration I think the NFL would give him. If Lurie says, listen, I want to play then the next Sunday. I don't want to open up. I don't want to play a game in Brazil as a home game and then the next game on our, and then play. No, no. They've got an extra home game. So if he says, listen, I want to be home the week after, I think he'll be home the week after. So they start seven days later, later at home than they would have started. I don't think there'll be an uproar from the fans. I don't think there'll be any pitchforks. I don't think it's you're misunderstanding. I don't think it's going to be an uproar. I said this team, I say it with coaches. I say it with players. I say it with personnel moves. This team has the luxury of being able to do whatever the hell they want. And they can um, say, hey, give them the best game. Give them Dallas in Brazil, which they're not going to do. But um, they could do it. And it, it wouldn't matter. Um, at the end of the day, I agree with that standpoint, but at the same time, like Don, uh, doesn't go in the office, Don Smolensky and say, oh, let's screw the fans some more. I mean, he does try to make them happy. He does. And that's part of the goodwill they built up. Um, and I just don't, I just don't think they want to do that to them. Now they agreed because they think it's important for the league. And I think Jeffrey wants to be a heavy hitter in the league uh, to have the first game in Brazil. So you're, you're giving up something to begin with, but I do think there is a give and take. And I think they want a less uh, uh, prime opponent uh, to be 
in the mix in that game. And we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Now, when do you think uh, we'll get the official word? I don't know if Peter King started the process. Um, my, my guess Well, they is... generally uh, announce those games a little bit early. Um, right. And, we'll, and we'll they already did out the, with the major yeah. schedule. We already know the Eagles are playing. Yeah. So, you know, I, at this point, because they already announced uh, the teams that are playing, well, the four teams that are playing, it generally the schedule comes out now. They pushed it back to May, and generally stuff like that comes out a day or two in advance. So, are you think it's going to hold all the way till May? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they they generally leak that stuff out. You know, the Black Friday game now they'll have, and they'll leak that out. They generally leak it out a little bit early, but not tremendously early. Um, but I, I'm not a big schedule guy. I, I, you know, I, I mean, tell me, tell me that it, it, you're, I say it all the time. You're, you already know the opponents, as you point out, you already know who you're playing. So all you're worried about is logistics, time, place, date, and then sure. this particular uh, uh, date. And it's important for people that travel um, and, and people that need to plan. But for um, a fan, I never got the excitement over the schedule. I, I never got it. it. It's like you already know who you're playing. I mean, it's just no well, matter. Of- I'll say for the the educated fans, and this year, oh by the way, it kind of smacked the Eagles in the face. You can look at the schedule. All right, well they're starting easy, but there's a uh, uh, gauntlet of games in the middle of the year, and you're fa- now. Sometimes it doesn't work out the way that you look at it on yeah, paper. Yeah. And uh, how that how that easy end of the schedule against the Giants and the Cardinals turn out for the Eagles? Yeah, not real good. But you, I think people do get uh, into it and get excited by it. Oh, sure, they get excited. I'm not denying they get very excited by it. And I, that's the part I never understood because it's you know, and we'll do it, and we'll do it on the show, and you have yeah. to do it. It's part of the process. I get it, but I mean. You know, it doesn't matter. Like I, but this year's a perfect example. I said, but the I had the first loss uh, for the Eagles against the Jets. Uh, well, <laughs> it was meaningless four plays into the season. Literally meaningless. I, you know, I thought the Jets were going to be a good team because they got Aaron Rodgers and they have a good roster. And bang, four plays into the season, my prediction is useless. Because if I knew that, and I knew it was going to be Zach, I would have picked the Eagles. So, right. you know, time and place. And I was the same exact thing. I had the Eagles starting 5-0 and and losing to the Jets. Guess what? They started 5-0 and and lost to the Jets. That's why yeah. we do these well, things. Well, it still worked, but and, not right. for the reason. Not, not, not because we're great football handicappers. It just happened to work out that way. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. we got plenty to talk about today. Uh, it is a speculation Tuesday, and we'll have a bunch of these speculation days between now and at least till next week when they show up in the combine. Uh, then we'll have a little bit more. We can sink our teeth into potential Eagles down the road. Who does what against what stopwatch? Uh, that'll be fun next week. But uh, talking Eagles and a couple of NFL things in general. Oh, Chris Sims' name will be mentioned at some point <laughs> during Chris the day. Is, Chris is back at it. Uh, probably when we get our first case guest up. That would be Scott Grayson, sports director for uh, Fox 29. He is up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. 
Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mega Mac guys here with you on Birds 365, a Tuesday during the down season. I guess we're all shook up. Scotty Grayson is either figuring out how to work. We got got to see Scott. Yeah, we got to see Scott uh, sideways, every which way. How you doing, Scott? You know, I'm having having what feels like the Monday morning, guys. Oh, all right. I understood. (laughs) I've had those mornings. Yeah, about, about, you know, I yeah. tried to get on my computer, and the computer tells me it doesn't want to see the camera. So now I got the phone. I'm trying to figure it out. You scared me when you came back. I dropped the phone. Anyway, how we doing? Good. <laughs> and your phone is working just fine now that yeah. you got it upright and uh, ready to go. I yeah. need your input on what McMullen and I were talking about in the first segment. Peter King speculates Eagles versus the Browns in the season opening game in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I think the NFL is going to try and go a little bit more high profile and go Eagles Packers. And I uh, shoot now it's already screened down. We had one of our uh, uh, streamers who comment on uh, our show uh, make a good point. The Brazilian colors are green and yellow. 
which of course are the Packer colors. So maybe as an homage to the hosting city, they get the Green Bay Packers in there. Who do you think Eagles play in first game of season? I, I, honestly, those are have to be the top two choices. And I've been going back and forth in my own mind, Jody. My first thought was the Browns. I thought that might be the game they put there. Uh, but, boy, that Packers, you know, the NFL wants to make a splash, obviously, uh, with this. Anytime they go somewhere for the first time, they, they want to hit a home run with it. And um, you want the best game you possibly can. You want to draw in that new audience. You want to show them what, they, what they've been missing. Uh, and I think an Eagles-Packers game is probably – um, a, a sexier matchup. I think it would, you know, it would certainly be quite a way to open the season. And um, I didn't even think about the color scheme, but you're right. That certainly, you know, throws into the, the thing as well. Um, I think you can't go wrong with either game. I think they both would be good games. Um, you know, and, and the, you know, you got Deshaun Watson coming back for the Browns. You got the Browns coming off the season they had with Joe Flacco. Um, but you've got the Packers with, uh, you know, you could potentially market that as two young quarterbacks out there with Jordan Love and, and Jalen Hurts um, and, and the, the powers that are around them. I, I think it could be a much – I'm leaning more now, Jody, to the Packers than the Browns, I guess, if that answers your question. And, and oh, by the way, uh, pun completely intended, label the game Love Hurts. Yeah. What, better, what better way to promo a Brazilian game than Love Hurts? Yeah. Come on, <laughs> it writes itself. <laughs> That is true. Uh, and it, it's funny because I argue against it for the exact same reason you guys argue for it. It is too marquee of a game. Like Brazil won't be able to appreciate the marquee nature of the game because they don't know a damn hoot. And they'll be just happy to see, oh, there's two NFL teams out there. And that's why I think Jeffrey Lurie doesn't want to take that game away from his fans. But we'll see how it shakes out. I do think it's going to be Cleveland. Uh, that's the most logical one to me. And, uh, but you know, we'll see how it works out. Certainly the, the love hurts aspect of it is a, is a nice one. But, uh, since we're talking about quarterbacks and young quarterbacks, um, Jody also intimated Chris Sims latest, uh, uh, salvo off the, off the side of Jalen hurts ship was, uh, I, I don't know. He's the most overrated player in football. Is that paraphrasing correctly? Well, that's, no, that's a direct quote. Yeah. Most overrated player in football. What does Chris Sims got against Jalen Hurts? Honestly, I wonder when Jalen stole his lunch money and how long he's going to keep holding on to that grudge. Cause it's, it's just, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost unhealthy. Like you want to just say, Chris, listen, whatever therapist you need to go talk to about this, like, just, just go get yourself better because whatever ghosts Jalen Hurts is is haunting you with, it, it needs to go away. I mean, look, the guy had a down year. Everybody says it. You don't need to come pile on and pour gasoline on the fire that's already going out at this point heading into an offseason um, while this guy clearly has some things to work on. Um, I mean, I, I, when I first heard it, I was like, here we go again. Really? I mean, like we're pouncing on this. Now, Chris, uh, I, I just don't understand why that guy has so, an the grind against well, let Jalen me, Hurts. Let me say this, Scott, because you're a TV guy, so you understand some of the, some of the nature of you know getting noticed. I'm not saying you do it, but it's a tough industry. It's a competitive industry. Um, is, is Chris Sims just trolling because he knows how passionate? the Eagles fan base is. And when you talk about the Eagles, it, it generates interest. 
I I think that's part of it, John. I think you're spot on with some of that because what's going to happen, number one? Number one, the Philly fan base is going to get upset. He's going to get notarized for that. He doesn't care if he gets tarred and feathered for it around here. Number two, the Dallas fan base is going to know it. They're going to jump on it. They're going to run with it as well. At this point, you might even have the San Francisco fan base jump on it uh, because they seem to love to hate Philly right now too. So you have that. I think he is out there just trying to get his name mentioned. And, um, you know, it's working. But I, I think, frankly, he looks like an idiot every time he does this. And he looks more and more like an idiot every time he does it. Skip, ba- Skip Bayless has made a lot of money looking like an idiot. <laughs> it's true. It's tr- And if th- listen, if that's the role you want to play and that's the, 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 the path you want to carve yourself down, you know what? Fine. Put the dunce cap on and keep walking down that path because I'm still of the opinion that Jalen Hurts is going to win a Super Bowl at some point. And, and I think, you know, when he does, um, you know, Chris Sims, are you going to come out and give the guy the credit that he deserves for having worked on what he needed to work on to get his team there? You know, he almost did it last year. And, and, and I don't think we will. I think this guy will continue to hide in the weeds. And whenever Jalen Hurts throws an interception, he's going to run out and proclaim, I told you so. And then, you know, so Chris Sims means nothing to me. I think I I don't value his opinion worth one iota. I didn't think he was a good player. I don't think he's a good analyst. And frankly, he makes me laugh when I see these things. I did get a tweet last night uh, from a Oklahoma AM radio station. It was great. Um, They they noted Sims' quote again, and then they put, well, uh, let us review the only touchdown pass ever thrown in a game by uh, Chris Sims against Oklahoma. They took it as an Oklahoma thing because Jalen's an Oklahoma guy. It was a pick six going in the wrong direction. So <laughs> The only time he ever threw a ball that ended in a touchdown was for Oklahoma, not for Texas. I don't know if it goes all the way back to Texas, Oklahoma. I've heard speculation. His father being a giant had ingrained a disdain for the Philadelphia Eagles in him since he was a wee lad in shorts. I don't know what the hell is, is, is up Chris Sims' is backside, but um, I, I got to give him at least this much credit, and it's this much. I really am uh, talking to I like a guy who sticks to his guns. He didn't flop. He was pl- proven brutally wrong last year when Jalen Holtz won the MVP, and he had him ranked. After the Eagles go to the playoffs, Go from 4-11-1 to 9-7 and seven and hmm. make the playoffs. And he rates him as the 25th best quarterback in the NFL. They, they, Better than not in the top 40 originally. Yeah, the year the before. Before he had yeah. ever started just coming in as a rookie. Had him outside no. the top 40. Then begrudgingly got him to number 25. At least he is a man of his word. He doesn't think Jalen's good. He's wrong. He's just well, woefully wrong. But you got to give him credit for, I'm not giving up the ship. Now, he has clearly planted his flag on that hill, and nobody is going to make him get off that hill with the flag. Um, it, he's just going to continue to – yeah. It, it, he will never put Jalen Hurts in a top ten. I, I, we can come back to this, and we – I just don't see that guy ever coming around to seeing Jalen Hurts being a top ten quarterback. And now, look, maybe, maybe he's not right now. Maybe he won't ever be again. He was before I thought. But um, that's a debate you can have. The, he doesn't allow you to have a debate. I think that's my problem. He takes this stance and he anchors in. And you're right, Jody. Maybe some of that comes from growing up with his dad playing in, in the Giants system. And, and you know, that 
back when the Giants actually were good. Um, you know, you, you have some of that. And, and I, I wonder, I just don't see a guy who's willing to debate it either, which is what, what angers me, I guess, is because part of what we do on here is we love to have things, hash it out, we debate. You'd like to think the person you're talking to is willing to listen to what you say and maybe veer some of their thoughts in different directions. I don't see that guy ever, ever, ever debating anybody about that and coming off his mark. Yeah. Um, now you're right about, you know, Chris is wrong. Let's be honest. I mean, he takes it to a ludicrous degree, but you mentioned something in your answer, Scott, is he a top 10 quarterback? Well, right now maybe isn't, um, now he certainly was after the 2022 season. I, I saw an interesting stat. I want to throw at both of you guys, uh, because it, it was kind of eye opening, um, and I, 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 Fantasy Points Beta was the one who who put it out, so I'll give him credit for that. Um, and it's it's first read percentage. In other words, um, the percentage of when the quarterback goes to his first read on a particular play. And in the 2022 season, Jalen Hurts was second in the NFL uh, at 73.5%, and that was a 10, almost an 11% increase from 2021. Uh, so he was really heading, he was 24th in the NFL going to number two. And what that tells you is he's he's understanding, he's seeing the field, nothing's muddy. You know, he's making quick, sharp decisions, uh, whether it's the offensive coaching staff scheming people open, whether it's the receivers just being open, it's a good thing. As an example, Tom Brady was number three. It's a good thing when you're making quick, sharp decisions. Last season, he fell all the way back down to 24th in the NFL, going from that 73.5% to 61.1%. And it's a 17% drop, which was the second worst in the NFL, which tells me the exact opposite. He's uncertain. Things are muddy. We can blame that on the coaching staff. I know fans will want to do that. That's got to be Kellen Moore and Doug Nussmeyer's job, right? I mean, they got to get this guy back playing with certainty. Well, I would think that was questions one, two, and three of the interview, right? Number one, it's all about Jalen Hurts. How are you going to get him fixed? Number two, okay. And again, how are you going to get him fixed? And number three, Okay, and 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 what are you going to do with that? And and it's all about Jalen Hurts, and I think that's why Kellen Moore was hired. I think it has to be a big part of, of of that is is how can Kellen Moore get him back? And and I think it's interesting, John, your stat from the standpoint that we know. And 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 when I was out at the Super Bowl and got the chance to talk to some players, it was a common theme that the Eagles were predictable. They were. Um, you know, the team spent all offseason preparing for them, and the Eagles didn't do much to change anything really at all in what they were running. So they became so predictable that I think a lot of those first reads that Jalen was used to seeing were taken away the moment the ball was snapped. So he didn't have those options there, and he was busy trying to find the second, third read, taking his eyes off downfield because now the rush is on him, and down we go, we're spiraling, spiraling the wrong way. Kellen Moore will at least bring in a fresh offense with a fresh look, a fresh, uh, you know, way of going about it, fresh, different way of looking at these reads. And I, I expect more of what we saw two years ago from Jalen Hurts, just because 
you know, look, the defense isn't going to know what's going to what's coming. And whereas they spent all offseason looking at the Eagles and saying this is the team to beat in the NFC, you know, I, as good as the Eagles should be, I think you're not spending this offseason going that's the team to beat, are you? You know, I mean, look at the Eagles. The, the Eagles have so many problems on defense that you look at this team and say, you know, the Niners are probably the team you got to worry about the most, aren't they? And maybe the Cowboys before you even get to the Eagles. Um, so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Jalen Hurts does, how Kellen Moore gets him back to hitting that first read. Because you're right, John, when he was hitting that first read, this offense was hard to stop. And, and that's what they need to get back to, because if they can score enough points, you can limit some of the damage by having, um, you know, a less than stellar defense might might put on you. And I started today's show by calling it a speculation Tuesday. And <laughs> on the list that you gave us is at least in part speculation, because the, the people who compiled that list sit down and go through every single play with the Eagle coaching staff and Jalen Hurts and go, well, what was your first read on this play? You never really know because good quarterbacks, and I believe Jalen's one of them, will look off their first read and not come back to their first read till the third look that they're actually going to make. So so there's some speculation involved in that as to what is or isn't an actual first read on any given play. But I think their general premise is on. Jalen wasn't as good. He didn't make as many plays with – what I would guess, and I'd be speculating too, was his first read. Uh, Scott, maybe this is just, I, I'm being very truthful when I say this, and it's going to sound like it's a uh, Eagle fandom uh, position. I'll put most of it on Brian Johnson. I think that Brian Johnson did a lousy job as the play caller this year. <clears throat> I think there was a basis to say, oh, this will be great. Jalen is tight with him. Jalen knows him. Jalen's got familiarity with him. But in a different role, being a quarterback coach is being a buddy. Being an offensive coordinator is being a coach and being someone that's got to call a guy on a carpet when he's not doing it right. And I just think it worked out tremendously badly for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think Scott Grayson calling plays for the Eagles next year might be better than Brian ooh, Johnson. Ooh, ooh. Uh, I'm well, going I, there. I, I'm not insulting Scott, but that's, yeah, I, 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 that's putting a lot. It's put a lot of faith in me here, Jody. Yeah, uh, Scotty, you got it. You've earned it in my eyes. Hey, um, for, for starters, I'd run the ball a little more, but hey. Good, good on you. Uh, the Eagle fans love you. Um, it, is it just that easy? P punch uh, well, in I think Kellen you, Moore I, and expect improvement? I, I, you bring up a couple things there. that I Number one, I liked the move of Brian Johnson. I seem to like the idea, the familiarity, the two of them, the relationship they had. I seem to think that would foster good things. I think in the long run, what we saw is it prohibited growth. It prohibited some of those tough conversations that you needed to have, as you said, as an offensive coordinator, not a quarterback's coach, with things that were missed, uh, guys that were open on plays. There was no – it never felt like Jalen was learning lessons from one week to the next to the next. And I put that on the coaching because you have to have those moments – Teachable moments on film. Hey, Jalen, look, this is an opportunity where you should have done this or you should have tried that. When given the same situation, he was doing the same things and making the same mistakes over and over. Um, that being said, I think some of the blame goes to Nick as well because, like I said, the offense was vanilla. It was flat. It was plain. It was predictable. Uh, it was Nick's offense, and Brian was tasked with calling the plays for it. Um, so I think the, the blame goes to both of them in terms of that. Um, but as far as development, 
Brian Johnson did not develop him last year. There was, I felt like there was no development in Jalen Hurts. And I feel like part of the problem with that was, again, the relationship, the buddy-buddy nature they had, which um, I, I guess got in the way. Now that I'm looking forward to getting back to and seeing with Kellen Moore, here's a coach, here's a player, here's what you're supposed to do. When you don't do it, here's what you messed up on and how to fix it. Don't make the same mistake twice. You know, and that's a good way to live, right? If you don't make the same mistake twice, you're getting places. And I think that's kind of the mentality they're going to have to bring with Jalen, um, as well as understanding this offense and kind of the way that they they, they, they look to run it. But I, I think you are, are right on there, uh, Jody. And I was in favor of Brian Johnson having that job, but I, I it just it just really feels like it failed. And that's not to say that Brian Johnson is a failure, you know, and, and I hope he has success somewhere else. It just is to say that it didn't work here, and and it failed here. So they've got to fix it. Um, we are inside three weeks from legal tampering, Scott Grayson. Um, it's that time of year, and you just mentioned um, you'd run the football more. <laughs> so we're in that type of time of year where people start talking about running backs. I open my inbox. I get odds from – 97 different places and <laughs> oh saquon barkley you know if he's not coming to the giants he's probably going to the eagles derrick henry oh the eagles should sign derrick henry luckily there's no Bijan robinson in this year's draft so we don't have to change the name of the show <coughs> to Bijan 365 but yeah everybody this is the time of year people talk about running backs now i guess if you're one of those people you had Jeffrey Lurie's demand of fresh ideas, you know, maybe the, the demand said, Oh, you got to change this thing. Of course, Jeffrey likes to throw the ball, but I'm ignoring that for the, the purposes of this question. Is there any way the Eagles spend any money of substance at the running back position? If they do, I would be, I would be shocked. Uh, John, I, I, I hear, you know, I see all that stuff too, right? We all do. And, yeah. and 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 for a moment, I think, man, I'd love to see Derrick Henry behind this offensive line. And then I think about the cost, and I'm like, there's no way how he would do that. Uh, I, I just don't see why he would spend that money there. He never has before, really. Why would he do it now? Um, you know, and, and it's part of it is the, you worry about the longevity. You worry about all that kind of stuff. So he has always been a backfield by committee for the most part. I could see them being more likely to bring DeAndre Swift back than to either get Saquon Barkley or or Derrick Henry in here. Um, I just don't see that being a place where how he's going to spend. He's got so many other needs on the other side of the ball that he needs to spend money on that there's going to be pieces at the running back position that you can make do with as well as, you know, potentially grabbing somebody in the draft. I, I just don't see them going after one of those guys. I, I just don't. Um, what I love, if I had my choice, I think I'd rather have Derrick Henry than Saquon Barkley. Um, but either one would be fantastic. And just how are you going to get him here for the money that, that you really want to spend at that position? It just, to me, it's a pipe dream. And I find it very odd that, all these betting places who, you know, that they have the odds so high that one of them would be here. Cause I yeah, just don't well, think that's trying to generate, you know, people, you know, they're just trying to generate some action, I would think. But you bring up DeAndre Swift. If DeAndre Swift gets um 
Miles Sanders like money. I, I don't even think he's not coming back. Am I wrong? No, they would not be able to get, they would not pay him that either. I agree. Um, but the question is, what are they going to do about that position? I think they're going to try to stay younger. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they tap into the draft again. And uh, but, but you have to ask yourself, is Kenny Gainwell still part of the picture for you? Because, you know, he showed so much promise in the playoffs. And then last year, I just I was disappointed. Um, with yeah, but he, he's with, on this rookie deal, so he'll it's be true. Back. I mean, he's still yeah. here on that. But you in terms of production, I, I need to see. I wanted to see a steady incline. And, and this past year, I didn't feel like we, we continued to see that incline in terms of him, uh, you know, understanding the yeah. position. Or he, he, There's definitely room to gain and grow, and he still is young, and he's got, you know, you're right, he's under that contract still. and You'd certainly want to benefit from that as long as possible. Um, I, I just need him to be more ready come week one than he was this year. Yeah, I'm not a Gainwell guy. And, Scott, you made the same mistake as everybody else. Ooh, his playoff run. He had one good playoff game. The Eagles had three yeah. playoff games last year. He had one. The other yeah. two, he was marginal. He didn't do anything in the Super Bowl. He went in for Miles when Miles A got hurt and B made a bad decision on the first play of the Super Bowl by running outside instead of just staying inside. <laughs> uh, but he had a great game against the Giants. He didn't do much in the other game. Uh, so he had one good game, and that got people's hopes up. And then he had the Kenny Gainwell season, which I'm going to project and project he has again this year which is uh, underachievement, but that's just me. Uh, and it used to annoy me day in and day out. John would come back, oh, they like Gainwell. Uh, Gainwell's going to be the high leverage back. Anytime they get close to the end, uh, Gainwell in practice. I'm going, why? Why? But they, they did start the season that we took them all of one game to figure out that, yeah, you know, Swift might actually be better. Right. Uh, l- l- let me give Chris Sims at least this much credit. And I don't want to do this, but I feel I need to. He had Jalen as the number seven quarterback last year. So he did actually get him into the top 10. Off an MVP season, runner-up for MVP, he had him as the seventh highest quarterback. So he did actually put him into the top 10. We got to give at least fair information out there. Had Trevor Lawrence ahead of uh, Jalen Hurts. Still don't understand. But he at least did have him in the top 10. All right. uh, You talk about defense, adding to the defense. We, I think, all three agree. They're going to give a lot of latitude to what their new defensive coordinator sees, likes, wants, has ideas in building his roster and building his defense. You think more so in free agency or more so in the draft? Uh, that's a good question. I, I believe they're going to address it more in the draft. However, uh, I would rather see some of these guys. In, I, I am – Look, it's a real skill to be able to grab a guy and, and predict in the draft someone who's going to hit, right? We all know that because there's always hit early. Times that, that's the yeah. key. And and you that's, hit early. that's difficult. You get them right over time, and it proves to be a good pick. That's always nice. But if you're talking and the Eagles have three picks in the first two rounds, you want a guy who's going to come in and contribute year one, not what yeah. Nolan Smith did this year. Right. And, and, and so when I look at it, I want – but if I have an opportunity to get a young player who's experienced in the NFL and has shown they can do it, man, I, I want that guy. I, I, I get irritated when they, they go after these draft picks that should hit and, and they don't. And you see some of these young products out there who grow and flourish and they're, you, you had a chance to get one. Right. And, and 
they go on and have a great career and you missed that opportunity. You had that or you could draft someone. And I know it's cheaper to find a guy and draft him. There's no doubt. But you have to ask yourself, do you view this team as having a real chance to make a run in a Super Bowl? And if and if you do, then you need to make the moves that, that are necessary on that side of the ball. And I know they need to make so many that the answer to your question, it's truly both. You have to do it through free agency and the draft. That's fair. And then the question is where and what, what positions get priority? I mean, I think you've got to, you got to put somebody opposite Slay who knows what they're doing. And I don't think you can make that a rookie. I don't think you can make that a, a draft pick. I think you've got to make it a good young free agent. Um, How about Ricky you know, Bradbury's deal? He knows what he's doing. You know, maybe big Fangio can help him. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, maybe, but you know, and then you, the whole thing about Hassan Reddick was crazy. I mean, how are you going to get rid of that guy? Why would you get rid of that guy? Um, once 25 he, million a year, uh, yeah, but you know what? How he has a way to do the math where you can look, you know what, John? I would pay him, I would, but ooh. I would structure the deal in a way that's somewhat team friendly to get him some of the money he wants. The guy's getting double digit sacks, and that includes when he got dropped back in coverage too many times last year. Like, are you kidding me? Like, that guy is rare, and I think you got to keep him on your team. Um, but I know, you know, you only have so much money to go around. We know linebacker will be the last thing they address. Uh, but this this defense needs to get younger, needs to get, you know, needs to get uh, healthier, obviously. But the back end needs to be shored up. I think too many times it got picked apart. Um, you know, and maybe Bradbury can be saved, John. I, I you know, they're going to obviously have to try to fix him because they can't uh, afford was, to get rid of him. Uh, uh, who was the guest, Jody? Somebody brought up uh and i want to give him credit and it has been the case generally bradbury when he has a bad year he bounces back and has a good year and you know the consistency maybe isn't that there but when he has had a bad year in the past he's immediately bounced back um now maybe he's past 30 maybe he's not there maybe maybe he's a descending player maybe it doesn't happen again but if you can get him cheaper redo his deal and say look dude you didn't live up to it we can't carry at this number couldn't be the worst thing in the world they're going to play a lot of zone he's the savviest guy in the world Vic uh is supposed to get people playing at an optimum level i and, and i'll end it with big banjo with you at s grayson fox 29 make sure you watch uh scott does a tremendous job there uh many leather bound books i'm impressed uh have oh. you read all those books very impressed. I, I am not the reader in the family <laughs> Uh, little Ron Burgundy, many yeah. leather bound books. Um, Vic Fangio, the hype is. I talked a lot about hype last year, Scott, and I the expectations proved to be way out of whack. The Eagles have built up Big Fangio like he walks on water, and you mentioned guys dropping into coverage. Guess what? If you're playing outside linebacker, Sam linebacker, edge defender, whatever you want to call it in Big Fangio's scheme. You're going to drop. You're going to drop. So that means Hassan Reddick's going to drop again. How quickly the Eagles fans get incensed by Big Fangio's scheme? I guess it depends on how uh, how they win or lose the first few games. I mean, winning winning like we saw, they were 10-1. And, one. and uh, even yeah, though that we cures everything. It, yeah, yeah it, it, it hides. It hides a lot, right? And, and so if they're winning uh, and the defense may not be doing well, um, you know, fans aren't stupid. They'll mention it, but it'll be an afterthought. 
but if they lose that first game in Brazil and then they come back and they lose another game and it, and it's the defense's fault, right? Like say the offense loses, you know, puts up 30 points, but the defense gives up 33. Like, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Uh, and you're right. I think the Eagles are putting a lot of pressure on Vic in the sense that that side of the ball is a disaster. Yeah. And, 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 but it's, Oh, Hey, Vic Vangio's here. We're going to fix this. And uh, you're putting a lot of pressure on this guy to come out with a product in week one that, that what gives up 10 points or less. Like is that, that can't be the expectation. I, I mean, um, it's gotta be a process. It always is. Uh, and I think what the, the plan is, is to hope that this offense can outscore the opponent and this defense can do enough to, to not give up more points than their offense can score. And I think that's kind of the goal here, but um, yeah, I, 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 John, I think they're putting a lot on Vic Fangio here to call it. He is being treated like a savior on the, he's here. It's, we don't have a disciple anymore. We have the Messiah. I mean, like, you know, here we go. And, and I, look, I, I, I'm curious to see how that plays out. This is what they wanted a year ago and Gannon messed that all up. We know that story. Um, but, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on him. And, and look, if anybody can handle it, he can. He's been through this league a lot. Um, and, and he has a lot of clout and respect around the league. And, and I think that's something that the Eagles are hoping to draw on to help fix that side of the ball. Scotty, last one for me. Um, has anyone at the Fox 29 Sports Department already volunteered for Sao Paulo duties? When the schedule... I'll go if we need someone to report from that. Did anyone volunteer and or has that decision already been made? That person has got their passport and their visa and uh, they're going to be there come whatever day it is in September, whoever the opponent is, Packers. Uh, Has it already been determined who will be covering it for Fox 29, if anybody? I was told they have already started having conversations about the coverage. About the coverage. I walked in and said, I have a passport and I'm prepared to use it. Nice. Uh, Now, Scott, you also need a visa, I've been informed. uh, Do you now? Yeah. Now, see that? I I did not, I was not aware of that. Yeah. Now, I haven't Get your leg up. Go get that Uh, visa, Grayson. I, I know. Make make yourself the most viable candidate. (laughs) So, so it may be a little bit more complicated. uh, No, what I've been, what I've been told though, is that you don't want to veer too far away from any. So I'm counting on the, if if I were to go, I'm counting on the NFL to treat this like almost like a Super Bowl, right? Where you have shuttle buses. Yeah. um, And you have a spot you should be in and you know where you're in the right place or not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, but I do not know Jody yet who uh, who okay. or if just, someone just, is just going. Wondering, uh, just inquiring minds, one of well, these things. And we're trying to figure out who's going to air it, right? What channel will it be on? Uh, you know, you figure the Thursday night game will be NBC. Uh, they're having a game in Madrid. I'm holding it. I think it's Madrid, somewhere in Spain. I, I assume it's Madrid. Um, I'm holding out hope the Eagles make that late trade, uh, Brazil for <laughs> Spain. Uh, Good luck with that. How he's a wheelie dealer. I don't think he can pull that one off. Uh, Scotty G, always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate you hopping on board. You got to learn between now and September. The Spanish word for lift. Uh, don't know if you... Portuguese. Would... Portuguese. Oh, excuse in, uh, me. Portuguese. I said yeah. Spanish. Portuguese. Do you know? Lift? No. In Portuguese? Yeah, look that one up too. Get yeah. yourself a visa 
and learn how to say lift in Rosetta in, Stone. Now I'm talking about cards. I'm not talking about and, any uh, Ryan Ryan Lochte says don't uh, relieve yourself at any gas station down in Brazil. <laughs> that would probably be a pretty good sound advice. <laughs> yeah. advice. Scotty, thanks, brother. Always a pleasure. All right, take care, guys. Thanks, the sports bud. director for Fox 29, Scott Grayson here with us on Birds 365. All right, Mac and Mac coming back. Um, John brought up the running back situation with the Eagles during the offseason, free agency. Um, kind of with John on this one. He stopped Saquon Barkley. He's, he's not coming here. I know someone uh, on our, our feed said Barkley has always been an Eagle fan. He was an Eagle guy. So was Mike was a Trout been a Phillies fan? How how long have we been doing Mike Trout going to the coach? <laughs> Because he's an Eagles fan. Uh, how long has that been going on? Got to just let that one go, too. Um, uh, not running back. Want to go wide receiver with John, name we threw out yesterday. Want to run it by him again today. Um, because the Eagles are pretty soon going to start the rebuilding of the roster. How he is going to get back to his time in the sun where it's how he sees it. Uh, wide receiver. I'm going to run by John when we come back next here on Birds 365. And oh, by the way. Eagle fans, have I got a deal for you? Right now, here's your chance to save up to 40% on your car insurance. You can do it right now from one of Jacob Sports' great partners. Here's what you can do. Call one of the two great managing partners, either Jim or Fran, and tell them you're a friend of Jacob Sports and Birds 365. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mac and Mac here with you on Bird Street 65. Appreciate you streaming in with us. Hey, while you're at it. You know, you can always hit the like button. I, I try not to beg, um, but they, they tell them to hit the like button. It somehow helps with our mathematical theorem or whatever the hell it is. I readily admit I don't understand all the workings of YouTube, but uh, do your boys a favor. Come on, we're here for you every single day. We show up, we talk Eagles with you. We give you an outlet to come on our stream and attack other streamers and idiots like the 49er fan who was back yesterday. I was surprised by it. What, what do you think brought him back? We get trollers every once in a while on the stream. Cowboy guys, Niner guys, the two, the two most. Uh, uh, I don't. I, I don't know what uh, why people troll to begin. With. I would still Pain. be in friggin' hiding after that Super like, Bowl on what that dopey coach did to cost them a potential championship. I'm not coming back out of hiding for a while if I'm a there's Niner. Gotta be, that, there, there's got to be. Me. There's got to be something better to do. I, I mean, some, there's got to be something even. Even if he got nothing going on, why are you online trolling? Uh, and specifically the 49ers, just I still haven't figured out what the hell Kyle Shanahan was thinking. But that anyway, we're here for you every day. We appreciate our streamers. Thank you very much for commenting. Sometimes they're humorous for yours truly. Sometimes there's some, some enlightening stuff there. But just the back and forth between each other is entertaining for me. So I thank you. I say thank you. I check the like uh, like mark for you streamers and you commenters here on the show. At least you could throw us do is throw us a like uh, in return on uh, our show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. All right, Johnny Mac, name we kicked around yesterday. You brought it up. Um, I saw that uh, Jimmy Kemsky on Philly Voice also had it in one of his columns. Three free agents the Eagles might have some interest in during. The yeah, see, great minds think alike, Jody. Great I, 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 I got bad news for both of you guys. You're wrong. Um, 
after the show, uh, because we brought the name up, I hadn't even thought about Mooney, uh, Darnell Mooney, the wide receiver for the Eagles as a, uh, from the Bears as a potential Eagle target. So I just wanted to double check. I thought he was on his rookie contract. I went and double checked to make sure that, that was the case. It's his first foray into yeah. free agency. He said, well, that's part of it. He's young. He's 26. He's coming off his rookie deal. Right. Um, so that's Eagles wheelhouse right there. So I Googled um, Darnell Mooney's contract and it took me to Spotrack, which usually it's either Spotrack or over the cap. They're both good websites. I used them both. I look under both. I checked them both out. Um, Spotrack is a little bit more opinionated um, rather than just nuts and bolts and figures and the like. Um, but So because Mooney is a free agent, when you punch up uh, Darnell Mooney's contract, they give you four comparable players in the National Football League whose skills are similar and whose contracts would be similar um, as a projection as to what uh, Mooney might get paid. And the four guys they came up with in the NFL who signed contracts recently um, who are similar players are Hunter Renfro, Allen Robinson, Tim Patrick, and Jacob- I, I hope they're not talking Jacob- about Jacob- Allen Robinson's big contract. Uh, the, the big one. No, no. His most recently signed contract. All four of their most recently signed contracts. Um, Hunter Renfro was two years at $32 million, so that's $16 million and change uh, per yeah. year. Allen Robinson was three and uh, 46, which is $15 million and change. Tim Patrick with the Broncos was three and 34 which is $11 million a year, three and 33. And Jacoby Myers, uh, or uh, Patrick was three and 34. Jacoby Myers was three and 33, so it was 11. So you take all four of those contracts, average amount comes out to about $13.2 million. Well, um, if, if I'll say this right off the bat. If Darnell Mooney gets that, yes, the Eagles aren't interested. I will be shocked if he gets that. We got the best guy in the business, Jody. Forget about Spotrack. We got the best guy in the business comes on this show a lot. And that's Brad, Brad Spielberger. Um, and understand Brad's uh, for those who don't know, Brad likes the bears. So, you know, he's a little bit, uh, 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 he's just a little bit biased towards the bears. So he's got Mooney. At- Johnny, Johnny, you know, this is YouTube. You know, if you trash talk Brad, he's going to be able to go back. Yeah, well, that's it never goes away. This isn't one of those shows you can just say it flies under the radar. It lives in infamy here on YouTube. We got we we got a good enough relationship. He knows I'm chiding him a little bit, but he likes the Bears. He likes the Bears. Everybody knows he's got he's got Mooney at one year nine million. One year nine million. Now, even that, that might be a little bit pricey for a third receiver, but that's in it. My problem is he's got. He's going to go there. I'll take the under at the uh, Eagles offer for one year for Darnell Mooney at $9 million. But that's a little bit pricey. But I think people, and you brought up the 2021 season, you know, this league moves fast. This league moves very fast. And what you did in 2021 might as well be, you know, ancient times. Um, Last season, PFF, there were 128 receivers graded. He was 107th. We're not talking about a star player here. Um, He didn't play well last season. 
Everybody's not, nobody cares about 2021. When again, he was a 20 point scorer on a bad NBA team. I kept, now I'm, uh, the, the, you know, now I'm trashing the poor guy. He's a good player, but he's not a great player. And if he gets two years, I'll be shocked, number one. If he gets over 10 million, you're talking desperation. Um, so it's got to be in the range of, I like him as a fit for the Eagles. It's also got to be a guy who accepts his roles. Like, you know, people can talk about the best receivers on the market, the T. Higgins of the world. They always like, oh, let's get Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Mike Evans. No, they're not going to want to play here because they're not going to get the traffic. Even the Calvin Ridleys of the world, who the Eagles tried to trade for before he got suspended, he he's not going to come here because – he wants even a, a Marquise Brown. So you have to look down the list a little bit to guys who would be willing to accept a little bit of a lesser role. So all of that comes into it. Now, right, if the, he gets, if he gets, right, Johnny, hold on. Let's cut to the chase here. I need you to play Brad Spielberg off what you think the league thinks, what he's done, what he accomplished. Forget about 2021 because you say that's ancient, ancient history. Fine. Uh, you play general manager. What kind of contract do you think he's going to get? Uh, Brad's really good at this. He's got one year, nine million. Okay, he's going to be one in year, the nine million dollars. Do you yeah. think Howie Roseman is willing to go one million, one year, nine million dollars for his third wide receiver this year on Eagles? I, I think he would be in in in. I think he would seriously consider it because I think he needs. He understands he needs an upgrade. And under, remember, Marcus Mariota, for those who don't know, his contract voided yet yesterday. If you sign somebody to a one-year $9 million contract, you're, how he's going to sign him to a one-year deal with four voidable years right. to get the cap number down? So it's going to be minimal cost to get a potential serious upgrade. The Eagles have been living through the Quez Watkins, the Alameda Zacchaeus, trying to get Julio Jones at the with nothing left in the gas tank. You know, you got Jeffrey Lurie complaining upstairs. You got you got to get new ideas in. This offense has got to be more explosive. Yada yada yada. Well, how do you do that? You got to add personnel. How do you add personnel? Well, you can draft a kid, but this team hasn't exactly been great developing receivers other than Devontae Smith, and did they really develop him because he came in as a finished stinking product? Um, I I think they would seriously consider it, which is why I threw the name out there. Now, my problem is there aren't a lot of great receivers on the free agent market. And once you get by Higgins, who might get tagged, Pittman, who oh, by might the way, get they, They've already suggested they're going to tag him. You're absolutely yeah. right there. Pittman might get tagged, and then you're even worse. Evans isn't going to get tagged, but Evans is 30 years old. He's been playing forever. Uh, he's expensive. Obviously, that's not in the equation. Then you're down to Hollywood Brown, who's all right. You know, he's a little bit certainly fast. I, I wouldn't mind him, but he's going to get too much money. Uh, Calvin Ridley, I mentioned they love Calvin Ridley, but he's not going to come here to be the third receiver. Uh, and then you're down to the Gabe Davises of the world, um, Tyler Boyd's, uh, Curtis Samuels, Kendrick Bournes, Mooney's, Charks. You know, take your pick. 
somebody's going to get overpaid. Maybe it is Mooney because there aren't a lot of receivers, but um, he's also small. He's coming off a bad season. He doesn't project outside. Teams are smart. They're not going to look at that thousand yards and say, I want Mooney to have a thousand yards. If Mooney's getting a thousand yards for you, you're not good. And that's why the Bears went out and got DJ Moore. And they're even still with DJ Moore, who's a great receiver, by the way. Uh, even with DJ Moore, they, they're thinking about going after Marvin Harrison Jr. as well. Um, you know, so I think they would seriously consider it if they can get them one year. Nine million, which will have four voidable years to help on the salary. I, I agree on your structure of it. It very well is going to be a one-year deal with voidable years on the back end, so he's not going to cost him a lot against the cap. But at some point, you pay the piper when those things come due, like you just mentioned the Marcus Mariota thing. They're taking a dead cap hit. How many plays did Mariota play this year for the Eagles? Yeah, well, handful, yeah. and they're going to take a dead cap hit for a guy who played over three million. Yeah. Yeah, 20, 23 plays or whatever the number was for the Eagles. So that that's the way they do business. It's got its upsides. It's got its downsides. Him being small, as I ran down the list of guys that spoke track Compton to, Hunter Renfro spoke to, uh, and didn't keep the uh, didn't keep him from getting a two-year, $32 million deal. So just being small, I don't think holds your salary down as much as you're intimating. No, what, no, what I'm saying is people aren't going to look at him as being uh, a, a number one or a number two receiver, even a number two receiver. Um, and part of that is because of the the size limitations. All right, well, I'll go to the other guy, Trinidad. Allen Robinson in the contract he got last year from Pittsburgh. He had come off an awful year, awful year, the year before, and he still got three years and $46 million. What the hell was Yeah, but you're there? talking about bad contracts. These don't help his case. They hurt his case. The, the the Raiders went out at Renfro. That you know, Allen Robinson has signed about three bad contracts in a row. And by the way, the Eagles wanted to sign Allen Robinson, and luckily they didn't. Now, part of that was injury related. At his height of his career, Allen Robinson was a really good player. Um, but you know, he got injured and he hasn't been the same player. All these contracts you mentioned are bad contracts. Understood. But do you really think Spotrack is putting them together to prove bad contracts? Or do you think they're putting them together to give comparable players? I think they're wrong. And nothing against it. But you were saying, and and when it comes to um, uh, uh, salary information, they're fine. But when it comes to projections, yeah, go to over the cap. Go to Brad. Uh, they're much better at it. Um, I think they're wrong. That, that's how I would say. And if if Brad is right, one one and nine, and let's just give him credit, give him the number. There's no way Howie Roseman is getting his third wide receiver nine million dollars. Even though you're right, it's not going to be nine million against the cap one year. It's going to be spread out with dead years on the back end. But he's not going there for a third wide receiver. Not Howie. Not not with the well, you Eagles may be right. That part that that is. that part maybe it teeters. I said it teeters. It might be too expensive. Um, but then they're back in the mix of uh, they got to develop a young guy. And we're not talking about an impactful first or second round pick where they can't screw it up like Demonte Smith. We're talking about a guy and they've shown no ability to do that over the past, you know, in the, say, the modern era since I've been here, since Doug's first year, they've shown no ability to do that. 
they they show none and and they're back in that mix and then you're not going to have a, a a meaningful third receiver and by the way if they sign Mooney like I said he's coming off a bad year that's a gamble I'm I'm not saying that's a given either um but you know if you're looking at free agents in if you're looking at potential free agent fits, you know, Cedric Wilson, if you want to go cheaper, um, he's a little bit older though. KJ Osborne, if you want to go cheaper, but I, I don't like him a little bit. He drops the football a lot. Um, they're not a lot out there. Right. But here's, here's my Mooney point. I mean, yesterday I'm standing by it and it's backed by opinions from both smoke track and, our buddy Brad Spielberg, who thinks he's a $9 million player. The Eagles aren't going there, so it's going to be one of the – there are three options to fill out the wide receiver. Number one is older guy, uh, has already gotten a free agent contract under his belt. Uh, Julio Jones was the flavor of the month this year, and he did what he did, which wasn't good enough, but you threw out a couple of names. Was it like Cedric Wilson? He's already had a free agent contract. Now he's just going to try and make a fit. Uh, they're not going to sign a guy who's coming off his rookie deal because the price is going to be up here and he's not going to want to be a third wide receiver. I think that Mooney has done enough in the NFL to say, I can land with a team and be the number two. He's not number one. He's not anybody's number one, but he's going to be somebody's number two. He's not going to be anybody's number three. That's the point I made yesterday, and I stand by it here today. All right, he's McMahon on McDonald. Coming back, we got Brooks Cabina from the Enquirer, uh, the Athletic, coming up. Going to join us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, your Mac and Mac Birds 365. Guys, lucky enough to get our buddy Brooks Cabine on. We haven't talked to him since the season ended, uh, and the Eagles were eliminated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the San Francisco 49ers were eliminated by their coach, Kyle Shanahan. In case you haven't figured it out, John, I'm still upset about the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm going to go there with you first, Brooks. I would say Kyle Shanahan's late-game decision <clears> – <throat> Were as bad as I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. What were we up to this year? What was the number? Super Bowl 56, 58? Uh, 58. 58. 58. So in the previous 57 Super Bowls, I would suggest that no coach screwed up as much as Kyle Shanahan did at the end. And when I say end, that's fourth quarter and overtime in this year's Super Bowl. Am I just a man with an unbelievable grudge? Or are you with me? That that was just something that was of fireable offense level. I don't think it was fireable offense. Uh, I mean, wait, you know, they had 10 seconds. If they had 10 seconds, they'd had another second overtime quarter, you know, like uh, it might have yeah. gotten through there. I honestly, uh, I mean, watching the game, I mean, they went to overtime. I, I just don't – fireable? Fireable for Shanahan? Oh, yeah. Should, shouldn't have been in overtime. Shouldn't have gotten overtime. Should have won it in four quarters. Said, drop the red and white. Yeah, I, I think it, I, you know. I think that's an overreaction. Uh, yeah, I think he made a mistake not taking the football, but yeah, yeah. that I, I, you know, but it, I, I, I always bring up Brooks. I, I don't know how long that drive were, I, drive was. I meant to, to go back yesterday and look at it because we were talking about it yesterday. It was like a 13, 14 play drive when Kansas City wins. You, you, players have chances to make plays. They could pick up their coach for making a mistake, vice versa. People pick up people all the time in the NFL. It, the game doesn't end when – and the more egregious part to me, Brooks, was he didn't he, he didn't seem to know the rules. I'll be honest with you. And they changed, and not everybody was familiar with them. But you heard the players talk afterwards. The San, a bunch of San Francisco players said, yeah. we didn't know. George and Taylor. they weren't prepared. Yeah. That to me is the bigger issue, right? From my perspective. Well, it that it didn't surprise me too much that some players didn't know the rules because I mean it's the coaches' jobs who are in control yeah. of management yeah. to know those things. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't be surprising for me to know like a, a player gets the play call and goes out there and he and he he's confined within his job responsibility, which is not game management, unless it's the quarterback, you might expect them to know some overtime rules. Or um, so like, yes, it, it, it should have been more clear to Shanahan that it was more advantageous for you uh, to make the opposite decision. Um, yeah. Is that fireable? No. I, I mean, this 
he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. So I think that's an overreaction. What are they going to do? Bring in some guy that knows how to do an overtime yeah, yeah, yeah. to the team. I'm I mean, with you. come on. I'm with you. Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't the right decision. Uh, but again, like you were pointing out, it's the right decision to make the other call because it's more likely that the players on the field are going to um, – it gives you a better advantage for them to to play out what, what's going to happen on the field. So it could have played out another way. And also, again, I joked about it, but if a few seconds run more off, they go into a, a second overtime. I'm sitting there with my dad watching this, and I have no idea what the rules are. I'm like, well, so what happens? When the ball comes out, they I know. Well, I was surprised how many people. I don't yeah. like to criticize you know, broadcasting and you know, all that other stuff, but – it felt so convoluted. I was like, I have no idea what's going to happen here. I have no you idea. Know, you know, the only reason. Or then they go to the next overtime. What happens? I, I had no idea what was going on. The only reason I knew the rules, literally, the only reason is because John Ferrari was one of the guys who pushed it through. And mm-hmm. I remember doing stories about it. The Eagles assistant GM, the Eagles, and I believe Indianapolis were the two teams that put that rule together okay. and, and got it through the competition. And that's the only reason I knew, because John Ferrari was a part of it. That's well, the official himself didn't understand. He was trying to explain it to him at the coin toss, like, you play defense, and then... <laughs> it's like a new game. It's All right, like a new go. game. Like right. a new it, it was new, but... Um, and I guess I'm doing a little bragging here. You know how I knew the rules? Common sense. That when you get to the end of the first quarter of an overtime, that cannot end in a tie. Oh, shit. Everybody knew the Super Bowl wasn't going to end in a tie. What do you think they're going to do? They're going to start another quarter. It's just the first quarter in any NFL game. For many, for many, many years, many years, the NFL played sudden death. So, you know, from that perspective, Guess what? San Francisco wins the game. That's how close they were to winning the Super Bowl. We've already moved past that. The the, the 49ers kicked the field goal. The Chiefs got the ball back. People were watching the clock run down and go, whoa, Uh, well, that moving it quickly. What are you talking about? Of course they're going to play on until someone wins. Well, that that part of it was. uh, But remember, the Chiefs were behind. So it wasn't a tie game at that point. Uh, so the people who didn't understand they were going to play in the second quarter, it, it's a little bit understandable. They're thinking, oh, the, why is there no sense of urgency? They were behind, um, and that's why they're like, oh, you got to hurry up, but didn't understand they were going to flip it over to the second quarter. Yeah, but um, well, if anyway. To think about Shannon's decision-making, I was, I was thinking about the fourth down call. I mean, where you had – the Detroit Lions, they they go for it on fourth down. Yeah. They don't get it, and everybody's criticizing it. And then, like, the 49ers do it, and then it ends up helping them get into overtime in those situations. So, like, I mean, there were some things that he did do right in that game. Really? I'm still trying to figure him out. Um, I thought he basically screwed it from the pooch from minute one all the way through. And maybe – no, the, the of course, the kickoff thing was the biggest thing. Fourth down – You've got Patrick Mahomes on the other sideline, and you're going to kick a field goal on fourth down. You got the ball third and four. If you run it twice for two yards apiece, and you got the best running back in the National Football League, you should get a first down. You should make Kansas City use both of its timeouts. You should leave Patrick home with near nothing time left on the clock, even if you've got to kick a field goal and kick another first down. And you go empty backfield? 
Really? Third and two, and you're going empty. No, you're no. you're alerting the most blitz this side of Wink Martindale, the most blitz heavy line uh, defensive coach in the National Football League. And you tell him we're going to pass the football. You don't have to worry about defending the run against us. Come on, that's just that's just dumb. If you're Kyle Shanahan, boy, I, yeah, you're going way far. We we hadn't gone this far. You're you're going way. Kyle's still really good when it comes to offensive play calling, play scheming. Yeah, I'm with Brooks there. The fact that look, he he he's always been. Uh, it, there's always been an issue with him in game management. That's fair, but when it comes to play design, play scheme, like Eagles fans would kill Cobb for getting Brock Purdy killed by Hassan Reddick. They don't watch the 49ers. That's what you do. That's play action. You're not in everyone. How could you have a backup tight end blocking Hassan Reddick? No, he's supposed to chip Hassan Reddick. And the quarterback is supposed to roll, get the football out of his hands. It's all baked into the whole philosophy. When it doesn't go right, obviously it looks bad, but there's not a better play design, designer and play schemer in this league. But that's that's game management. Yeah, have at it. He's got some issues as far as play. De- and the Eagles are a team. And let's get it back to the Eagles, bro. Play design, play scheming, we were talking about it. Saw an interesting stat about Jalen Hurts' regression when throwing from his first read. Last year was uh, 2022, he was second in the NFL. Last year he was 24th and he dropped about 17%. So that tells me things are muddy for him. Um, he's not playing with certainty. And when you talk about play design, um, play concepts, that's where the Eagles got stale. Can that improve? Can Jalen Hurts second in the league? Can he play with more certainty? I think is more important than where you rank. Yeah, I, I think he can. Um, I think from what the problem, you know, I wrote about this whenever um, Brian Johnson was fired, and it's pretty clear that you know Nick Sirianni was basically saying it wasn't all Brian Johnson's fault. They got caught in the middle. I mean, think about last year where. Nick Sirianni was basically saying, uh, we're going to run the same offense. Everything's just going to be more. It's all pretty much going to be the same. So you have an in the when Shane Steichen leaves, it's the it's entirely the same offensive staff for the most part, almost completely the same. So to to use a metaphor of some kind, you know, I, I lived with a research scientist whenever I was covering LSU. So it's the first thing that came to mind. You know, people have uh, when they're studying plant life, they they clone plants and you can have a whole greenhouse full of the same basic DNA strand. And if one little disease comes in, it wipes out the whole thing because there's not enough difference between the two for it to deviate in time. When you have a staff that's basically the same and completely thinking the same way for the for more than two seasons together. And then one little disease comes in, one little tweak or a big one, all of them are going to be reaching for the same answers because they've been together and they have the same thought pool. So, yeah, I mean, just for the just for the sheer sake of bringing someone else with a different idea. Yes, I think there's the possibility that there's not as much staleness. So that was deep, by the way, that was deep going to. Research scientists, clones. I didn't think we were going to go with the plant I, plants. I, I thought that's, we had, that's me. 
I thought we were having Brooks Cabina, not Bill Nye's <laughs> guy on as a guest. That was my Holy mackerel. That, was, that went right over my head, Brooks. I, I appreciate the effort. Uh, and the streamers are going to love you because we've got very educated streamers, or at least so they think. Um, do you know Chris Sims at all? Have you, you, you close enough to him? Do you be able to shoot him a tax and go, what the F? Why, why, why do you keep going down this same road over and over and over again? Do you want to get me killed since I'm your friend here in Philadelphia and they hate you? They might kill me too. Uh, what What do you think Phil Sims, Chris Sims' motivation is that he continues to pile on Jalen Hurts? I have no idea. Uh, I don't know, Chris. I, I went to Texas. That's my only affiliation. <laughs> yeah. uh, Fellow Longhorn. Come on. That's a, that's a close enough tie. Doesn't that give you the same DNA strand? And if, think, a, if a disease ever, comes in, aren't you both dead in the water because of that? I don't know what it is about Texas quarterbacks, right? Was the first David Carr and then, uh, you know, in the Houston area, obviously, in Texas. And then now Chris Sims. I have no idea. Um, I think people are looking at um, his major contract, which he signed last year, which briefly made him the highest paid quarterback. And then he regresses. I mean, statistically, that's true. Statistically and realistically with the coaching overhaul and everything else, the offense isn't what it should have been whenever you're paying someone at that market rate. So from a national pundit opinion, I guess you come down as hard as you can to make sure you, your voice is heard. I have no idea. I've never yeah. met this. So yeah. um, I'll, I can, I guess I can find three degrees of separation from some people in my contacts. If you want to get them on the show here, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, you mentioned the coaching staff. We're still, we still don't have it. It's uh, the Eagles got to make a, a move and announce it at some point. I, I do think Brooks, we're going to see a little bit more continuity than I expected on the offensive side, at least. Um, yeah. Kevin Petula is going to be back. Aaron Moorhead's going to be back. I think Jamal's going to be back. Jamal Singleton. I think Jason Michaels is going to be back. So a um, bunch of guys, potentially, not officially, but potentially could be back on the offensive side in, in the big shift uh, at the top with Kellen Moore. Doug Nussmeyer, the most important right. position coach at, at quarterback. Defensively, with Bick, it's going to be uh, more – uh, moving parts. Um, but overall, how do you think the Eagles have handled this shift in the, in the coaching staff? I think it's expected. I think defensively, you knew that there was going to be a change as soon as Sean Desai was demoted and Vic Fangio had been in the conversation last year. So that, that he had made himself available and, uh, mutually part away with the Dolphins. I think that's sort of doubt about as expected as could be um, offensively. Um, I think the big question now is how much of Nick Sirianni's philosophy remains? Um, how much is his input into the offense? Because um, whenever he talks about the staleness and the offensive system, and then also a bit of the hubris of not thinking anything needed to change going into the 2023 season, that falls under himself and um you know as he needed to make changes he brought in someone who has new ideas now how much does kellen moore um and nick seriani what what offense be, what what where where do the ideas come from how much of the last few years goes into it i think that's really all the unknowns right now expected i mean 
Kellen Moore and uh, Doug Nussmeyer along with him makes sense because they work together with the Cowboys. It's also interesting because Brian Johnson worked with Dak Prescott in his past too. So there's going to be a little bit of at least understanding. It's it's not the same, obviously, in terms of scheme, what they try to do. But um, I mean, it's sensible that it's taking this long on the offensive side last year. Whenever I was covering the Texans, they were still hiring coaches through the combine. And that always raises eyebrows and stuff like that because you would think, oh, well, the coaching staff needs to be sorted out so they can start scouting out. I mean, there is there's a personnel department that knows what it's doing. Um, that that's the way the Texans were set up. That's the way the Eagles are set up. They know what players they want to go acquire. They're trying to build out the schemes to make that fit. Um, so if this goes into next week after that, I mean, they've got the major coordinators and everything else tied up. So I think right now. They were pretty quick about getting at least the big big hires done with the coordinators. That was really quick. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's moving along fairly. I had, I'd forgotten where he came in. I knew you joined the Eagle Beat in season, and I'd forgotten that it had been the Texans. What, what, what was the week you actually uh, were reassigned? Uh, reassigned. They were like, get out of here. You need to get out of Houston. Uh, no, I, I was working for the Houston Chronicle. The athletic job came up. I applied to okay. it. Got in. So what week I, was that? That was uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys first first game when they first won. First week. Okay, so uh, October, whatever. When they played October the Dallas 20, Cowboys first time. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to blame Brooks for the collapse. No, no, no. I'm not. Go, I'm not going there. Here's, here's where. Here's where I'm going with that. If I had asked you on October 20th, the week thereof. Uh, listen, you're going from the Texans to the Eagles, and when the season's over and done with, one of them is going to be ranked by a preseason publication already looking ahead to 2024 as the fifth best team in the league, and the other one's going to be ranked 15th. You might go, hey, if the Texans are number 15, that's not too shabby. No, the Texans are number five. The Eagles are number 15. At that point, the Eagles were 9-1, and one, and the Texans were still uh, being led by a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach. Yeah, I'm not putting it on you. I, instead, I'll more say, well, the Texans got good after Brad. You don't have to put it on me. Enough people have done it already. <laughs> I'm not, not going to give you no grief whatsoever for the Eagles. I have this platform now, and I'm going to say that they went 3-0 and whenever I started with a bunch of comebacks, and it seemed like the Eagles could not lose. Yes. Not my fault. And then uh, something else kicked in. Exactly look, right. I'm out on the street. If you see me at the Wawa, don't come after me. Don't <laughs> Uh, um, I, here's my next question but, for you. But the, but the tech, I mean, to answer your question, like I'm not trying to toot my own horn. Whenever the Texans were miserable in 21 and 2022, but they cleared all their cap space. They got a ton of picks. And by the time that, you know, I moved to Philly, it was clear who CJ Stroud was going to be. So 2024 was really the year that I was pegging for them to make the playoffs. Would I have considered them to be number five? No, but if, you know, number 15, that would have been probably a little lower than I would have expected because Good the free agency pools yeah. that they were able to acquire, especially this year, now that they've done well, and they can not only offer money, but offer a situation that's good and not dysfunctional. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where that takes off with the coach. Yeah. Everybody is really not often you have the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year. That's I mean, but no, I wouldn't have expected the Eagles to be number 15. Who Who has a number 15? Where was that ranked? Uh, who was it again? I did my, where's my stupid pink sheet of paper? I forget uh, exactly. Was, no! Uh, it would be this. Maybe you've heard of them. Um, 
uh, to, to, the athletic. To, to, that the would athletic. be the athletic. Yes. Um, Jason Perfect. Kendall. Do you know Jason Kendall? Yeah, I know Jason. Okay. That's who put him at number 15 okay. right now. Going up Eagle 2024, leading into power. Yeah. Get well, Jason yeah. Kendall. Get him on you. Send him a text. Yeah. I've been and in say, my Jody Max, what the hell are you talking about? I've been in my offseason preps and working on my projects in my little laboratory. I have to, to go and yeah. read his story there. I'm working I, on cloning plants, but oh, uh, yeah. the uh, cloning. It, you know, story ideas, hopefully. Power rankings at this time of year are beyond silly. Not that everybody does them, but it's nature of the Number 15, industry. But... Eagles 15 from Jason Kendall. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Get him on a get him on a hunker. What the hell is he? Then you get CJ Stroud and Will Anderson, and all of a sudden you're a good team. That's number how quickly five. you I, get yeah, the uh, Texans at number five. Yeah, that's that's how I quickly things can change. So it was an I mean, athletic. I mean, I I would I would obviously rank the Eagles higher just I think about the core that's still on the offensive side I still think I mean Jalen Hurts with with this new offense I think it'll be tailored into a way that works you've got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and the core of the offense I mean if they are able to re-sign Swift which will be a conversation um, you, you know you have most of the bulk of your team under contract and like the free I had I did a story on the free agents that were leaving you're not concerned about any of them. It, 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 honestly, you would it, They're in a good situation, and uh, they have a first round or two second round picks. The draft is, is set up in a good way. They're not in terrible financial situation. Um, they've long expected for three off seasons now what they what contingency they'd plan, uh, contingency plan they'd have to replace Jason Kelsey if so he retires. They should be in the playoff conversation easy next year. So that the question is, is just are they on the uptrend again? Are they going to push towards Super Bowl contention with the new um, coaches that they have? So um, can they get the most out of them? All right, let me run this one by a kind of a follow-up to a question John asked earlier about the coaching staff on the offense. I think it was Sirianni who used the word to make it mesh, bringing in new ideas, new co- new perspective. We're not going to throw ideas, yeah. fresh, fresh ideas. ideas. But I'm talking about the mesh point, yeah. how it works combining Kellen Moore, his thought process, his way of running an offense, his system, and what was in place here, quote-unquote, Nick Sirianni's offense. I'm a guy who believes in the middle ground. I'm not a black and white guy who thinks like most people with most things in our country, you got to get to one end of the spectrum or the other. It's got to be the greatest of all time or an abject failure. Most of the times it's decided somewhere in the middle in the gray area, but I'm going to make you draw a line in the middle and say, pass, fail, thumbs up, thumbs down. The melding of the new offense, the Kellen Moore offense and the old Nick Siri offense, pass, fail. Is it going to work or isn't it going to work? No, there are great variations between perfect and god-awful. But if you, you come with that fair line dead in the middle, do you think it's going to work or not? Press to it, I say pass because of the tools that he has available to him. I mean, I think a lot of the struggles that they had with the Chargers is the injuries they had widespread, not only at quarterback eventually with Justin Herbert, but also at the tight end position, which he uses a lot. And, you know, Austin Eckler wasn't himself all year. Um, I'm not throwing out the injury card to say, oh, Kellen Moore is 
you know, has a bunch of excuses from last year, but they were in spots productive where they could be. Um, I look back at some of the offense that they were able to do, uh, you know, this year, um, you know, what they have available, I, I think also when pressed for pressure, um, you know, Nick Sirianni knows that, um, things need to change to get better. Uh, and that's partly why he made all the moves that he did on the coaching staff. And he's going to be open to finding new ideas that work. It, there's, there's a bit of humbling that happened here. And, you know, with the, uh, with Kellen Moore coming in, I mean, he's had great success with the Cowboys. Um, I think when you think about tangible things like being open to more ideas, where the question for me comes is, I remember whenever uh, Nick Sirianni was talking about motions and how the Eagles had ranked last in the NFL and using them. He was saying, talking about it, by the way. Every huh? time we asked about it, he hated, talking about talking about it. hated it. Hated remember, it. He was saying, uh, you know, you can identify other ways than just motion. Yeah. And he's right, but. He yeah. is. The, yeah. But Kellen's, Kellen's offense uses a lot more of that. So where, how do they use that tool? Um, the, the biggest thing for me in this transition, not just, the fusing of ideas, but they, they tried to give Jalen hurts a lot of freedom on the field in terms of checks. I talked to a lot of people that were involved in that alongside players and, and coaches on it. And they would be basically arrived at the line of scrimmage with a list of checks that he could run through. And there were times where it worked like against the chiefs. And there were times where it didn't like against the Seahawks. And there was at least a convolution between what they were trying to say in the meeting room to how it played out on the field. So Regardless of what they decide to do, whether it's using motions to check, whether it's the plays that he's able to check to, whatever it is, needs to have a streamlined, this all makes sense and we are all on the same page of what we're trying to do here. So like there were, there was the, there were a lot of times where uh, Nick Sirianni was taking the bullet for Brian Johnson and saying, it's my offense and he's just calling the plays. Well, he was taking a bullet in the chest and was going right through and hitting Brian Johnson anyway. Like, it's like, <laughs> so, like how are they – how are they aligned completely and what whatever they decide to do? That's the most important thing is that they go on the field yeah. going, this is the way we're going to – and that whenever they break it down, they understand why they did it too. And, so, uh, you know, Nick needed some Kevlar for Jalen Hurts as well. He was taking a lot of bullets for Jalen Hurts, specifically in Seattle where A.J. Brown took accountability eventually. But Jalen Hurts still has not. Uh, so that's fair to bring up, I think. You mentioned the term humbling which I agree with, but I don't know if it was forced humbling or actual humbling. And I think there's a big difference. Does it uh, uh, I think it does because if you are humbled because you were demanded to humble yourself, I don't think it's the same as actually being humbled. In other words, when you get to adversity again, you, still think your way is the best way, ultimately. Uh, I, I think we have to see how that plays out. Uh, because I, one thing Nick has said consistently, Brooks hasn't been here for the entire three years. This is my offense. This is my offense. This is my offense. It, and I've said it, and he used this quote, I don't care if uh, Shane's calling it, Brian's calling it, Howie's calling it, Dom's calling it, and then he went to Jeffrey, Julian, Laurie, even throw Jody McDonald and Brooks Cabina in there. You weren't even in town. He said, no matter what, as long as I'm here, this is my offense. It is now not his offense. No. 
That sounds like forced tumbling to me. It's speculation. We can't prove it. Um, you don't think there's a difference? It, uh, the potential possibility of that blowing up on the Eagles? Well, what came to mind for me is, so the difference between forced humbling and being humbled just of your own means, I don't know if that's possible because if you're sitting there and you're saying nothing's working and you change it, that's not really humbling. That's self-awareness and being proactive about change. That would be like the Sean Desai move. That's not exactly, or it, like being humbled to me is realizing, Oh, I, I thought I knew, but I don't. And someone made that clear to me or something made that clear to me. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you can get to that without a realization of potential consequences, because even if you do that on your own means, you're doing it with the knowledge that the hammer is about to come down. So like that's proactive, but also knowing that things aren't working. So regardless of whatever the, you know, psychological factor that led to it, whatever change is there and it, it just matters whether it's a, a, a genuine pursuit of building an offense that works, which I think is what's going on. I don't think anybody's, I don't think Sirianni is going to be as, as obstinate as to be inhibiting the growth of an offense that would work and then thus keeping him employed. So I, I think all that matters is that they're going to build an offense that works. So I humbling, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to restate the definition I already did. So it's, it's funny that I understand where both of you are coming from. And it all comes down to how do you think it's going to play out? We can overanalyze and get on the couch, figure out, What's going to happen when when it when when the spit hits the road? What's going to happen? I think Nick is going to stay humble. I don't think this was some grandiose plan. I just need to put it over on Jeffrey and Howie to make them believe that they keep me around as a coach. But as soon as we get in those offensive meetings, God damn it, it's still going to be my offense. As I've told everybody for three years, it's my up until it's no longer my to lay pull my dead claw <laughs> hands out of here. It's going to be my no. I think he's going to say. Kellen, we hired you to run the offense. Let me make a suggestion here or there, but it's going to be your offense. I think he 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 has forced or not. I think he has been humbled, and I think that's the way it will be. More uh, if it's uh, either a Sirianni offense or more offense, I think it'll be more of a more offense. Damn, I've been punny today. Um, last thing for you, you going to uh, Indy? You got the tickets? You off to Indianapolis? Any any specific haunts you'll be hitting that uh, you? There's have only been... two. Look, yeah. <laughs> which, which of the two is top of your list? Look, I can't. I can't. If they move that thing, it'll yeah. be the worst thing they've done for the combine because nobody's going to know where to go. And if you go, I don't know. They, they stick it in L.A., right? Yeah. It's gonna be spread out all over the place. Yeah. No one, ever, no one will know where anybody is. Um, yeah. But and, they like that, Brooks. I mean, they've already done it with the senior do. bowl. I don't think they do. I think well, they I think everybody likes being able to know where everybody's at and to if you wanted to bump into somebody. And I mean, everything's connected in Indianapolis, all the hotels, all the all the restaurants, everything. You know, there's there's ways you can get from a hotel. Yeah, you gotta go outside. outside. Without going outside, yeah. yes. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully that's uh, why they keep it in Indianapolis. Brooks, we're going to keep bringing you on the show with us. Thank you very much. 
you surely educated me. Well, no, wait, you really didn't because I didn't understand what the hell you're talking about with DNA strains. But you made Birds 365 sound more impressive than it yeah. usually is. It's so smarter, we thank, we we thank you very that. much for that. At B Cabina, make sure you follow uh, Brooks on X. Uh, read them at theathletic.com. Does a tremendous job covering the Eagles. And don't blame them for the collapse. <laughs> Brooks, thanks much, buddy. We'll give you a call uh, after you get back from Indianapolis. Sounds good, guys. See you. Thanks, man. Brooks Cabina from The Athletic. Uh, good dude. Smart dude. Uh, talking over my head, dude. But we like having Brooks on. All right. Quickie timeout. Come back. J-Mac and J-Mac going to put a bow on this show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, John McMullen, approximately 22 hours from now, you and I will do this all over again. Uh, thanks, everybody who streamed in and uh, gave us a peek today. Uh, thank both of our guests for hopping on board uh, 
Yeah, that Brooks Cabina is too smart for me. We we, we got to <laughs> tell him to dumb it down a little bit. DNA strands and whew, right over my head. Um, uh, we're trying. Oh, we got Gil on tomorrow, so we're definitely dumbing it down. Oh, that's just that's just, <laughs> that's just not right. I apologize, Mike Gill. We love Mike Gill too, and I'm a jerk. Um, anything gonna happen over the next 22 hours? Eagles gonna hire another coach, another. Well, yesterday we got Peter King going, get ready for Cleveland. We got Chris Sims going, Jalen Hurts, most overrated quarterback in the National Football League. Guys gave us something to talk about, and I thank them both for it. Are we gonna get anything over the next 22 hours? Yeah, you probably get something. The Eagles drive conversation. That's why people do it. That's why. That's why Chris does it. I mean, I brought up Skip, Stephen A, even locally, Angelo for all those years. Oh, don't, don't don't do Stephen A that way. Wow! Well, don't don't throw him in with Skip. I mean, let's be honest. Sims, let's that's be honest. Not right? That's as bad as me saying we're dumb, dumbing it down for Gil tomorrow. That's why oh, would wow. you do that to Stephen A? That's hey, let's be honest. Those guys were all. For, for people that forget, Skip was a excellent reporter before he became a lunatic talking head. <laughs> uh, you know, there's more money in being uh, saying wild things. And I think it's what I'm trying to say is I think it's a work to use a wrestling term. That's a good it's one. A work. I like it. It's a work is what it, I'm trying to it say. Is, so don't get even, upset by even it. within a work. There are levels. And Stephen A. is not nearly as outrageous as those other two. And, and Sims is not that bad. The only thing Sims is is Jalen. He's a Jalen Hurtsator. He's not a, a, a safe stuff for effect kind I, of guy. I think, I think usually. He, well, I don't pay that much attention to him, but I think he knows the the. I, I he he knows it generates interest. It's a work. It's a finishing move that could be better, as a matter of fact. Some finishing moves are great, and some just because they become so well-known for it, people look forward to it, and they accept it, but it's really not that good a finishing move. Chris, you got to get a new finishing move. That's just one man's opinion here on Birds 365. All right, uh, you and I will be back here in 22 hours. you got to be back with us to find out if someone did give us food for thought and conversational stuff. McDonald and McMullen back on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.